it's difficult to erase us. Welcome to the desk of Lady Ada. Hey everybody, it's me, Lady Ada, and I'm here at my oh, desk. Is that frozen? Oh, weird. It has me when I was playing my music. Yeah, it's froze. Okay. Well, whatever. We'll get back to this is working. That's fine. We're here for electronics anyways. So uh, I'm at my desk. I got my overheads, and today I was having some bonnet fun. So I thought I'd show off some of the bonnets that I was hacking on. Um, I finished off, actually I had a request a couple days ago for a prototyping bonnet. So this is in black, but the final design will be um, a, uh, like a perma prototype with like white PCB. But it's just basically a prototyping bonnet. And you can see there's like a power railing down the side. And then these are like little um, three connects. And then um, uh, we finished up the Charlie bonnet. And uh, it's got, you know, 8 by 16 LEDs. It's got that IS-31 FL. So basically the um, same as the uh, Charlie wing. We have like a Charlie Plex wing. So it's basically the same as that. And uh, another design that we're kind of like hacking on a little bit here and there is this Laura bonnet. So this uses a um, uh, Hope RF RFM95. Uh, comes in 433 and 900 megahertz, and it's connected to the SPI pins. And like we thought it would be kind of cool because you could maybe, um, you know, use your Raspberry Pi, you know, zero or Pi three or whatever, as a uh, radio gateway, and then you could maybe uh, connect it to it with feathers, and um, have the feathers like send data to like the main, uh, you know, computer like a gateway type thing. But the one I was mostly working on today because there was actually code involved is um, this little lady. This is, um, I, I don't know how I really a name for it yet, but I thought maybe like Joy Bonnet. It's kind of joyful. And um, it's a, hold on, I just want to be careful not to bend the pins. It's got a um, analog joystick. This is a thumbstick from like a, it's a, it's not actually the same thing, same, Thumbstick used in a PSP 1000, but it looks a lot like it. So I call it like, you know, a PSP thumbstick. And it's got some buttons here. And then okay. X, I got y. your computer back. Oh, sweet. Um, here, I'll show it over here too. This is the uh, Eagle Cat. And I think I designed this on one of a previous show. So it's got um, X, Y, A, B buttons, select and start. And then, I've you know, I have a couple more spots. So I put in uh, one and two. Um, I decided not to have... Um, thumb buttons or like top buttons, whatever it's a side effect buttons, because uh, it would actually, you wouldn't be able to press them, it would be in the way of the HDMI and power cables on the Pi Zero. And then here is an analog joystick, like I said, this is used in a PSP, and it actually has one potentiometer, so this is a three pin potentiometer for X, and then a three pin potentiometer for Y. And since the Raspberry Pi doesn't have an analog digital converter, um, we popped one on. You know, I could have use like a you know an app mega or something but it, it was pretty easy to just use an ads 1015 it's a all-in-one analog digital converter over i squared c so it just reads these analog voltages here you can see the center pin here and the center pin here and then send them off to the i squared c bus over here very easy there's almost no components on this and then i made it surface mount um Mostly, oh, can you go to the overhead real fast? Mm -hmm. The reason I went with a fully surface mount design is um, I didn't. I want to make it so when you are using it, it um, 
it doesn't like rough up your hands. Like I thought if this had the headers, it would like maybe scrape your hand a little bit. So I thought like, okay, you know, let's make it a fully surface mount design here. And um, you can plug it onto the Pi Zero. This is one of the only bonnets that really works kind of only on the Pi Zero. But then you have um, just HDMI and power and you can, um, let's go the wrong way. You can, uh, you know, game on. So I started writing the code today for that. And so let's go to the compi and I can show off kind of how it works. I ended up using a lot of code from um, the, well, we kind of merged like the retro game code that uh, Phil B wrote with uh, the PyCade hat script from Pymeroni because they like got all like the U input code that you need, the little magic things you need to do to get Python to send key commands. Um, so you set up all the keys. He does a lot of just like plain Python, just defining everything. And then the majority of the code in um, this script is the ADS 1015 interface. Again, that's an I squared C analog digital converter with four channels. And while I could have like used, you know, we do have a Python library that like does like every kind of conversion with gains and like samples per second options. I'm kind of be, going to be using, I, I wanted to make the script as simple as possible. And so I kind of made it like a micro driver. I basically just took the core elements of the driver and just made it so like, look, all it does is you read, you know, values from the channels and it gives you back the 16 bit value and like, that's it. So it doesn't have any, you know, it's not extensible, but it does one thing. I think it was worthwhile trade-off to not have to import multiple different libraries. And what if something changes in that library? You know, I didn't want to affect it. Um, so let me, actually this is the wrong version. So let me grab, yeah, reboot from disk. Okay, because I made a backup of it. Um, so I have a function called, uh, ADS read and I have a lot of debug code because I was kind of messing around with it. But basically what it does is it configures all the flags you need for the analog digital converter, basically to do a single channel read. It writes that data and then it waits for um, the I squared C data to come back and say the read is done. You've basically pulled this pan until it's complete. And then um, it returns the value to you. It has to do a little bit of um, little endian to big endian conversion. The um, read I squared C word command, it does 16 bits, but watch out because it might, depending on how your device thinks the byte order of a word should be, it can come back backwards. And so I ended up just using I squared C block data read and write. Works fine, you just have to like take the items out of the list and then shift them the way you want them. So that's what I do here. I just shift the data and the, the lower byte is actually the higher byte, so I just swap them here. And then um, it's a 12-bit converter, so I just drop the bottom four bits, and I return it. So that's just all the analog stuff, so that's very easy. And then uh, in the main program, um, we load a kernel module called uInput. That allows user input. Basically, it allows a program to mimic key commands. And um, we set up all of the pins that we're using. Remember, all of the pins over here the one, two, X, Y, A, B, select, start. These are all just plain GPIO pins, just hooking them up directly to GPIO on the Raspberry Pi. And I tried to use pins that like weren't special purpose pins, didn't have like special functions. Um, 
And then uh, we, you know, basically add event detection for each one. We basically add a callback for every G single GPIO. And then this is our special function that uh, checks the state of the pin. And then the magic here is UI write and UI send. This actually, the UI write is actually what sends the key uh, signal. So basically mimics a keyboard. And one thing to watch out for, I, like, I don't know like how I've been doing this for like a decade and I keep messing this up. When you SSH in, you know, you're not going to get those key inputs. They'll show up on the console. So don't forget to have like an HDMI screen so you can see uh, the key commands come in on the console. They don't show up in SSH because it's through a virtual terminal. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I always, like Every time I start this stuff, it takes me like, I have to remind myself like, don't forget, you're not going to see the key commands in the SSH terminal. You have to open up like the main console. Um, and then I have a little bit of code since the analog stuff. I mean, I guess I could have that be in a thread, but for now I just have it in a main loop. You know, I'm still just kind of testing it out. I read the analog value. I normalize it. Um, 800 is the middle, so now I have uh, it zero centered. Um, I notice that sometimes when you're um, messing with the button, sometimes you end up touching the pins a little bit on the ADS 1015, which gives you an IO error. So I just I just like breeze through it. Every time you do a read, you're you know fully configuring the chip. Okay, you're only you're setting that one register, so there's no there's no actual state. So I just say, hey, you know what? Just continue and try again. Seems to be fine. Um, and then I just check the thresholds. You know, when I when I press that potentiometer high enough or low enough, it'll kick off uh, the pins to do up, down, left, right. So the next thing I did was, um, let's see, let me open up another session. So I actually uh, loaded up RetroPy, and then this is the script. So the script is, is running on the RetroPy distribution. I just basically just run Python. You know, as, as, once you turn on I squared C, you run this and it's running, and then when I press the buttons, whoa, when I press the buttons on the bonnet, you will see uh, I have the debug on, so it says key code, event, press release, and it even gives you like the pin info. Um, Ftest is also a really handy uh, tool to use. It gives you event information. Like for example, if I want to do mouse, yeah, I can emulate a mouse with the, the thumbstick because it's very mouse-like. Um, what's nice is this tells me like the key codes in a kind of a little more legible way. So if I press select, it tells me, you know, I've got, uh, uh, there you go, key space right here. And then, you know, key enter, uh, left control, B is left alt. So this is, these key settings those are set at the top so here is where you set up the mapping between a b x y what is printed on the pcb and what the key code is i love you input because it's like super easy to like interface with anything so having run this python code in the background you can now um interact with like pretty much everything in the world anything that can listen for uh key input will work just fine um, so, for example, you know, I, I because it's a, a joystick-like thing, um, I thought it would be best used with uh, MAME. So let's go to 
the uh, HDMI. Okay, so we've piped the HDMI from um, the Raspberry Pi. It's actually a Pi 3. And I can kind of, let me unplug this keyboard because I don't need that. Well, no, because I, I thought I would hold it up. Okay. So I could just put a play it. And, um, you know, as I'm. That's clearly a device. Yeah, clearly a device. So as I'm as I'm toggling through things here, I can select different emulators. So what's interesting is the NES emulator is not quite working yet. I have to figure out why. But this one is. So I can play um, Galaga, for example. And I think with Galaga, I have to figure out how to get it to um, do coin select. I don't think it does it by default, so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug in a keyboard. One of the annoying things is you have to eventually I have to eventually figure out how to uh, get it to like you know the the coin add is like select and start. But once you add coins, you can press player one, and then this is important because you actually want to make sure like you know you get the um, the kind of response time you want. But, because, you know, it's going through the analog digital converter, but it's definitely fast enough, I think. I'm, like, you know, killing bugs here, and I don't know why there's, like, the aliens kind of weird. Oh, killed. And then you can press select start together, and I think that maybe it's one plus. I don't know exactly how you quit. I don't know, maybe I'll hit escape. These are a little bit of the things that you have to do. When we, um, when we make the pie girl images, we end up... Um, We're finally legitimately on Twitch. You're playing video games. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Frogger. So play, you want to play Frogger? I already did that with you. Yeah, well, we can play again. Um, so the next thing I'm going to do, now that I got this working on a Pi 3, Pi 3s are um, pretty easy to use. I'm going to try this on uh, Pi Zero. So that's my next step and then just make sure I'm still getting the same performance I'm expecting. Like it's, you know, it's not going to be as good as a Pi 3, but it shouldn't be so slow that, you know, I can't play like basic games and stuff. Go, 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 go. No. Dead. So sad. Um, and then uh, I'm going to kind of like get a feel for like, you know, how does it feel to play in the hand? And then I'll probably have Phil B do like a really sweet silk screen because he makes awesome silk screens for bonnets. And then um, I'll probably just send it off. Like what I really like about this design is how simple it is. Like there's not a lot of hardware going on. There's no drivers really, you know, the, other than that I squared C converter, it's pretty much just like GPIO pins. And then uh, that U, U input Raspberry Pi module, but that works pretty well. So that's kind of what I'm working on. It's bonnet update. Okay. Eight. I have some news. Yeah, what do you, what do you have? Um, well, first, uh, so I put this on Instagram and on Twitter and everything. This is the Adafruit um, Learning Companion Lunchbox. And I'll just uh, go out to this bigger view of it. And, you know, what it is is your chance... To shape the future. 
Right now it says Adabox Learning Companion. We need better text than Adabox Learning Companion. Yeah. We have ideas. But we're only so smart. Y'all are smarter than all of us put together. So post your ideas for the name of this thing. Cyberbot. Adafruit Lunchbots is an idea. Adabox is already taken, so we can't use that. So, uh, you know, we'll see. So, uh, on the um, on the event schedule here, Lady Ada. Yeah. Uh, you know, next week we have Chantel. Ask an engineer. We're going to have some guests coming in by soon. Um, the inventor of Clocky is going to stop by. Yep. Yeah, we're confirming that soon. And then uh, we're going to do some other stuff. Uh, we have uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're probably going to be doing some live videos and more. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, please, you know, tag up Pound Adafruit Lunchbox on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Help us name this Lunchbox. Are you asking the comments? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's some questions in the chat. Do you want to answer sure. a few? Let's, uh, you wanna, let's leave this up. Doom. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking, does this work in Doom? But the, I think yeah. the pinouts are wrong. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's speed around this. Fruitbox. That's a nice name. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Here's some questions. Does the joystick have a button if you press it down? It does not. It's a okay. thumbstick. Next. Going. Yeah, they have, the bigger joysticks have a button like the Xbox style ones, but the PSP ones don't. There's yeah. more, more rocker. Uh, rocker the discount code Marigold for tonight. That's the name of her Nirvana song. Yeah. And then someone wants to know if you need certifications or licenses to sell a development board. Usually, no, but you should check with um, a professional, an engineer who has released stuff. There's also companies that do that kind of consulting, yeah. just because like there could be like export compliance. There's, or yeah, there's no, there's no like, here's the answer to all your questions. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Can you do simultaneously button press? Yeah, you can. I mean, like each each key code is handled only the press down and press up. Like that's kind of the nice thing about um, having it be interrupt based. And the way key codes work is it's not like while it's being pressed, it's sending repeat signals. It's only sends the key code down, key code up when there's a GPIO change. Okay. Those are all the questions, Lady Ada. Good. So don't forget, folks, you control the destiny of the name of this lunchbox. What shall it be called? It is up to you. We do not know. How do you repeat signals? You don't. That's not how. That's not how keyboards work. You only you, the the repeat signal is handled by the operating system, not the hardware. Does it buffer on the pad side, or is there a communication break? Does it buffer if there is a? No, I mean break? it's instantaneous. It's like whenever you press it, that's when it occurs. Yeah. Okay. 
Is there a turbo? Yes. You can set the any of the buttons to turbo. Okay. Passed. All right. Well, everyone, please uh, use the code Marigold. It'll be active until tonight. Mm. I left it running. So this is a special treat for all of y'all. Yeah. So 10% off in the Adafruit store. Yeah, maybe um, next time I'll get the um, I'll get it working on this Pi Zero and I can do a little demo. And also I'll figure out why it's not working. And it works great in MAME, but it doesn't work in NES or Doom. I don't yeah. know why. I don't have any, any uh, Super Nintendo ROMs, so I can't test that out. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us and uh, being part of this adventure together. That's the Descalade data tonight. Thanks, everybody. Later.